0: you tonight for battle. I want to help us, each one of us, to equip for battle. For we are are in a warfare. Amen. We are are in a warfare tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to read uh, let's just read uh, verse 10 through 12 tonight. Ephesians uh, 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. Now listen, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let us go to prayer tonight, if you would. Dear Heavenly Father to God, we come to you humbly, Lord, tonight. Lord, you know that I'm weak, Lord, in myself, God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just use me, Lord, to help your people. And to help your children, Lord, equip us, Lord, for battle, God, because we know, Lord, that we uh, are going through times, Lord, that like none other, God, but, Lord, we know, Lord, that you are the victor. Through it all, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for what being with us, Lord. I pray, Lord, you just be with me tonight, Lord, yes. as we uh, go through this scripture, Lord, and, and what you have given me, Lord. Allow mm-hmm. me to be just a tool, Lord, used for you. These things you're praying. Your precious and holy name I pray. Amen and amen. amen. If you can be seated tonight, if you would, as I done said, and I want this is a call to arms, is what this message is about. It's a call to arms. We're in a battle tonight. I'm not talking about what Ukraine and, and Russia's are doing. I'm talking about something much bigger than that. and That's just a minute thing that's going on over there. And sure enough, as time will go along, we'll see earthly warfare spread. We'll see, we've done seen these wars and rumors of wars, and we can talk about pro- prophecy and a lot of things that's going to happen. But I'm talking not about flesh and blood tonight. I'm talking about principalities and powers and things of darkness tonight. There is a spiritual warfare raging all around us today. It's very dark. It's very sinister. It's a gruesome war. Brother Gary say said, it, "There's a battle goes on right here behind this pulpit." There's a war that goes on. And then throughout the week, let me tell you, it don't, it don't relax then. It gets worse on the man of God. It gets worse and worse, brother. You go through it, I know. And I've been praying for you. But there is a spiritual warfare It's against good and evil. It's against light versus darkness. It's against heaven versus hell. Our Lord and his angelic army against Satan and his demonic counterparts. The adversary and enemy is Satan. And let me tell you tonight, he don't fight fairly. All is game in his mind. All is game in his mind. and he'll even think you're winning for a while. He'll let you go by. He'll take two steps back to get three steps forward on. You. He'll let you, He'll let you go. He sets up traps. And he fights unfairly with no rules. His battle plan is deceit. And any attack, as I said, is fair game. Now, as I said, you and me, we are all in this thing. We're all in this battle. You're on one side of it or you're on the other side. Amen. You're either fighting for the good and the right, or you're captive behind enemy lines. That's right. Amen. Blinded, held captive behind his lines. Amen. And we're all in, that, in this battle. We can't be neutral. You've got to be one or the other. Right. You can't be in the middle, just neutral. You're either one or the other. Now, As I said, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I believe a lot of church members today need to hear that. Because we're taking our crosshairs and putting it on brothers and sisters. And Satan wants us to do that. God's army is the only one that shoots at each other. I don't understand that. We want to put our brother and sister down whenever they're injured. That we fight against, and that's that's a whole other message right there. That we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Yes, spiritual. Spiritual isn't always good. In fact, in verse John chapter 4 and 1 says, Beloved, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. There is a spiritual wickedness in our day. There's a lot of counterfeits in our day. A lot of religions that claim to be of God, and they're a counterfeit, they're made of man, and they're nothing but straight from hell. But when it said try the spirits, these are spiritual wickedness. And then in verse 11... Not only do we wrestle against these dark, evil powers, but we wrestle against Satan's deceitful schemes. You look back, it says, put on the whole armor of God, and we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Put on the whole armor of God, that she may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Against the wiles of the devil. <clears throat> uh, you know, Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4. Now this is where we're at here as at the end of an epistle, Paul had wrote, uh, he was in prison, I think it was one of his first writings from prison of Ephes- in Ephesians here. And here he's went through uh, the books prior to this and he talked about our position in Christ and our blessings and where we are at in Christ. And he was giving a warning here at the end of this epistle for them to arm themselves. Be ready, be armed, for we are in this battle. But in Visions 4, chapter 25, says, Wherefore putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. As I done talk about, we're not supposed to fight our brother and sister. We're all of one army. It says, we're members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give him a place tonight in your life. Don't give him a spot because he is wily and a ruly. You know, I, as I think about the word wiles, I think about uh, a wily coyote. And back when I was younger, he did stupid tricks. <laughs> He would put rockets on his skates and things like that. That's not the kind of wily that it's talking about here. It's talking about trickery, but not that kind of stupid tricks. Satan is more cunning and deceitful and crafty. And he uses tools against us. We have to know. I don't like to keep talking about him. I hate to talk about him. But you have to know your enemy and know how to defeat him and how to fight him. He knows your weaknesses tonight. He knows my weaknesses tonight. and You know, it's my fault that he knows them. Because I fall trapped in them many times. But he plays on those weaknesses against us. Just as a roaring lion, the scripture calls him a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour, a lion will study its prey. A lion will study to know the weak points of its prey. Now when will a lion attack? When 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 its praise at its weakest point. Catch it off guard. You'll notice whenever and that's the way Satan fights us. When, when we least expect it, here it comes. Woof. From a side, a side attack. When we least expect it, he makes his attack. We're vulnerable without the Lord. We are no match for him without the Lord's help. Satan is real. He's not just some character with a pitchfork and horns. We've made light of him in our world. We've made him seem just like nothing. I mean, a cartoon character. He's not that tonight, friend. Definitely not. He is a ruler of this world, ruler of darkness, a tempter, a false accuser, a father of lies and deceit. The scripture calls him the prince of the power of the air, the great dragon and old serpent. He's strong, he's censored, as I said, he's strategic, and they even calls him spiritual. And in ourselves we're no match for him. But I like his first John four. You are of God, little children, and I'll overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Amen. Greater is He that's within me than He that's within this world. Ephesians chapter six and verse ten says, "Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord and the power." Of his might. And God's strength, not of our own, and his strength, we can stand in this battle. But it's going to take his strength. Right. I cannot stand in this battle alone. It takes God and his strength for I to stand. And I like that Philippians 4, very well-known verse, Philippians four thirteen. For I can do all things through Christ, who strengtheneth me. All things, amen. <laughs> We are con- more than conquerors tonight over this, vic- uh, this foe that I've been talking about. But we've got to realize that we are in this battle. And we have to realize we have to equip ourselves for battle. You know, I got to thinking these three things that you have to be for a, a country or an army to be victorious. Number one, a victorious army must have good leadership and a battle plan. A victorious army must have good leadership and a battle plan. Let me tell you, my friend, we have the best captain and leader in Jesus Christ. Amen. And he, and he has a battle plan already laid out for us. He's done went before us in this battle. He has done, made it, amen. He has done, went on, our captain has already went out and defeated the enemy. Yes. Now, I've been talking about Satan for some time. Let me tell you, he's a defeated foe. Amen. He's already been defeated, amen. I like it, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9 says, but we see Jesus. <laughs> we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man, for it became him who are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing sons into glory to make the captain of their salvation. He's our captain tonight, Brother Gary. Amen. He is our captain of our salvation, perfect through sufferings. For he was made death for us, he took my death, that I deserve my cross. Amen. He took it on himself for me and for you. And he was victorious through that. They said he, he is our captain tonight. He went through the sufferings that I was supposed to pay. He holds all power. And what I like is, I talked about Satan, but he's on a leash. He's got parameters... That he can only go so far. Let me show you something. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. It's very important now. You talk about the battle. Ephesians chapter 1. We as children of God need to realize we're in this battle, but uh, a blessing is, is that these powers and principalities and Satan himself, he's got parameters he cannot go beyond. Verse 19 says in chapter one, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. And this is talking about Christ, according to the work of his mighty power, which we all which we which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly place, far above all. Far above all, principality and power. And might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Now listen to this. Listen to this. And hath put all things under work. under His feet. He has control tonight. Our captain's done won the battle. Amen. We're victors through Him. Amen. He, Satan's on this leash. He's under his feet. It says he has. He he's far above all principality and power and might. Amen. I'm glad I'm on the winning side. Amen. Amen. You know it's kind of like. Did you know? Did you know that a snake? that had its tail cut off behind the ears, can still bite. You know what I'm talking about. When we see a snake out in the garden, what do we do, Brother Gary? We're going to get a shovel, don't we? <laughs> or her <Run>. hoe, or a gun, <laughs> or we run. <laughs> run. Yeah. Yeah. I've always heard the old saying, Any, uh, only good snake's a dead snake. Uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, <laughs> <true. Yeah. laughs> Satan's had his head cut off. But a dead snake can still bite. A dead rattlesnake can still deliver a potent venom to you. In fact, in Texas, in June 6, 2018, uh, Jennifer Sutcliffe and her husband were out doing yard work near Corpus Christi when they spotted a four-foot rattlesnake on their property. As any hot-blooded Texan would do, her husband promptly grabbed a shovel and beheaded a snake. However, when he then bent down to dispose of the reptile, it retaliated uh, or rather its severed head did. It turns out that snakes can still attack even in an hour, up to an hour after they had been beheaded, since their metabolisms are much slower than those of humans. For their internal internal organs can stay alive longer and naturally they become aggressive in the foes of their death and throes of their death. When they perceive the situation, listen, listen. When they perceive the situation as a last-ditch opportunity, Satan's in his last-ditch opportunity. He's in the last hour of his life. His head has been cut off. And it's laying there. And he don't have long, Brother Gary. He knows it. He knows he's been defeated. But he can still bite. And that's what he tries to do. He still wants to inflict pain because he knows that he's going to a devil's hell to spend eternity. But he can still inflict pain. His time is short. But we must understand that we're still in a battle with him. And these evil powers, we shouldn't stoop down to his level or or let him cause us to fall or to stumble. That's what he wants to do. He wants to call us to fall. He wants to ruin your testimony. That's what he's up for. And he wants to not only that, but he wants to destroy your life, your family, your job. That, that is what he's ultimately, his goal is to destroy. He is a destroyer. As I said, we, we have a captain. We have the battle plan laid out before us. Christ has done, laid it out before us right here. Here's the road to the victory right here. Not only that, but for an army to be victorious... In order to complete the mission set before them, they must put on the whole armor of God. In order for an army to be victorious, their equipment must be more advanced than the enemy. Their equipment must be better than the enemy's equipment. You know, I've always been a, a person that loved to study World War II and different World War One and Civil War and things like that. The victorious army or side was the one with the best weapons of warfare. And most of them was engineered during the time of war. They was engineered and, and the, usually the side that had the best engineers won the, won the war. My friend, we have the best equipment that we can have. We have better equipment than the enemy. As it says, we must put on the whole armor of God. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And in verse number 6. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now listen to this. Paul keeps saying, withstand an evil day, having done it all to stand, stand therefore. Right. It's not a time to be laying down. It's not a time to be sitting back and to be idle. We are in the, we're in the evening time of this battle. We are, we are supposed to be standing against the devil and these powers. It says, stand, stand. Stand and doing all to stand. Here we see he's urged multiple times. Stand. We're to stand against Satan's attacks. We're to have on the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. Just as it would be foolish for a soldier to go into battle with just part of the pieces It would be foolish for me to go into a football game without a helmet. It would be foolish for me to go into a football game without shoulder pads. We must have on the whole armor of God. All the equipment we must be putting on. Just as a soldier would be foolish to go in without his gun or without his sword. We must put on this whole armor. And also I talked about the equipment and how our equipment is superior to that of our enemy. Let's look at that real quickly. In verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So what is that? The girt. This is the belt or girdle that they would wear. The Roman soldiers would wear a, a girdle or a belt about their waist and they would cinch this up tight. If you imagine a, a weight lifter and how they have this big wide belt that they put on and it's to hold in the strength their strength. Your core is your strength. And they put on this girdle and they cinch it up tight. And that serves a few purposes in that. <clears throat> and they put on this girdle and they cinch it up tight and you know the application That is is the earthly sense, but the application here is that this is God's word in our life. This is the truth. It says the girdle of truth. We're to crypt ourselves with this belt or girdle within. It should be the center of our life. The center of our life. Cinch it up tight. It is to guard for our testimony. Is what that's for. Now I said they would they would put on this girdle, these Roman soldiers would, and they would cinch it up, and it would hold in their strength and power, and on this large belt, uh, they would even put on their, their tools of war. They'd put on their dagger, and their weaponry would be on this girdle. And... Uh, not only that, but they also wore what they called a tunic. A tunic at that time looked like it was a long garment, a long one-piece garment, kind of like, um, like you ladies, I guess, would sort of wear a dress. But it would come down about right here. They called that a tunic. It had arms and had a neck in it, and they would put this on, and they would pull up this tunic. And when they was going into battle, they'd pull up their tunic and they would put it underneath this girdle and cinch it up. And this is so that it wouldn't get caught during battle on the thorns and the brush and things that they would be running through. It's so they wouldn't get caught in the battle. Now, as I said, they'd hang their weapons on this belt or this, this girdle. <coughs> and on it, just as we ought to do ourselves, on the word of truth is our weapons of warfare. Is our weapons of warfare, amen. And they would pull this tunic up, and they would put it under this girdle, and this is so they wouldn't get caught. This is going to prevent you from being caught in Satan's thorns. That's right. This is going to prevent you from getting caught in Satan's thistles in the battle. And the things that he tries to trip you up with, if you stay in here and keep this tight in the center of your life, it's going to prevent you from falling and for tripping up in the battle. Amen. Amen. Now let's look at the next piece of the armor. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this breastplate... That the Romans would wear at this time, they would a lot of times it would uh, be of pieces of metal formed together, riveted together, or I guess they use screws or rivets. I didn't study that out, but or even chainmail. You guys know what chainmail is? With all the little rings put together. It would be like that, and it would be a breastplate. It would cover the organs of the body that was vital for life. It would cover the front. And I wore my vest tonight just for this. It would cover the front and it would cover the back fully. And this would prevent any kind of uh, weaponry. It could prevent a sword from jabbing into them or a gash during battle or things like that. That's what this was for it's protection of their lungs and their heart and these vital organs. It said that this is a. Uh, breastplate of righteousness. Now you and I know we don't have righteousness. My righteousness I'm talking about my, the only righteousness we have is in Christ. Amen. My righteousness is his filthy rags. But through his righteousness the breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness of Christ that we put on. Amen. <coughs> this is his righteousness. And when Satan comes upon and attacks us, it defends out all the fiery darts that he can throw off at us. And it defends everything before me, and it defends everything behind me. You know, he tries to bring up stuff in my past, Brother Chris, all the time. Satan says, you remember when you done that back then? So-and-so remembers that. I bet a lot of other people don't know that. You remember when you done this with him or when you done that with her and you went out and you done this on a Saturday night? or Brother Gary talked about a little bit this morning. We can take Satan to the cross and we can say, Satan, that's covered. That's behind me. I'm covered in his righteousness, not mine. You're fiery dark trying to shoot things behind me. I'm covered up, brother. Not only it covers up the things behind me, it covers up the things that I'm going toward. Amen. The things in front of me. I'm going to still fail him every day. But his righteousness covers everything that I'm going to face and all that I've already done. This breastplate of righteousness Amen. covers me fully. Amen. And not only that, but we see, we go on, we see, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now at this time, a Roman soldier wore sandals that had hobnails drove in the bottom of these sandals. You young men that play football, it was basically cleats. That's what they wore. They wore, these hobnails were driven in the bottom of these sandals and it looked like cleats. And it was so that they could stand during battle. If they was to fall during battle, they was at the weakest point that, they, that the enemy could come and, and attack them. So this was made to stand on that loose ground. It's just like I say, it's just like a paraclete and a good warrior must have good fe- a footing in battle. so they couldn't fall. So these shoes allowed not only for them to stand, but to be mobile in battle. The Romans was very mobile, and that, that caused them to be a very mighty army at that time. And it's because of weaponry like this. Now Paul uses this in our example for us to even wear. That it, so we see these sandals uh, so that they could stand. In the spiritual example, this is a peace that God can give to us. That's given to us by God that we're able to stand against anything the devil throws at us. It is a peace that we know that through him, he has no defense for us. Amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We can stand firm tonight, amen, that we have peace with God. And then, finally, the shield of faith. And above all, taking the shield of faith. The shields back then were made of wood. And they was laminated. And they was put together. And they would have two or three layers. One layer would be up and down, the next layer would be crossway. The next layer would be up and down. And then they would put leather over top of this wood. And they would stretch it tight. And they'd wet that leather, and they'd stretch it back tight, and they would fasten it to that wood. And anybody that works wood, you know that laminated wood's stronger than just a normal piece of wood. So when they would laminate this wood and layer it together, it had a lot of strength. This was their shields that they would carry, the multiple layers. And these archers of that day would take their arrows and have oil or something on the end, and they would dip them into the flame, and they would draw them back and release these arrows. And whenever they would hit their enemy, it would cause even more pain from the flame and from the fire. And they would also shoot them at structures and they would cause structures to burn you know that they would be flinging these arrows at. But we are to have the shield of faith. Satan, he'll take God and said he takes his arrows and he shoots arrows at me every day. He shoots arrows at me all the time. But here we see above all take the shield of faith in order to quench. As I said they wet that leather and they would Put that over that wood. It says, quench the fiery darts of the devil. Let me tell you some fiery darts that he shoots. There's some fiery darts that he shot at me before, Brother Gary, Brother Bo, Brother Earl, Brother Todd. Here's some fiery darts he shot at me. God's not real. God doesn't love you. You won't make it. You aren't saved. You deserve hell. How many of us heard that one? You're a hypocrite. You live a lie. You should just quit. I hear, you should just quit. Probably sometimes weekly. These are fiery darts that he throws at each one of us. Now, I don't think I'm alone tonight when I say this. I think each one of us could say we've heard some of those darts before in our life. But you know what you do? You put up that shield of faith. You say, "God, uh, Satan, I defend those in the name of Christ. My shield of faith. Amen. He attacks our minds. This is where this battle goes on in our mind. So it's very important for us to have on the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. And you know, the Roman soldier would wear this helmet to save his life. Of course, the, the, the mind and the, is the most important part of the body. That's the most critical part of the body to functions the mind. The organ, in other words... So obviously, this is the most critical piece of armor that the Roman soldier would put on to protect his mind from the attacks. My friend, we must put on this helmet of salvation. Satan wars and he battles us in our mind. I like Romans 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Talking about the helmet of salvation, you know where its is at? It's in the gospel. The death, burial, and the resurrection is where the power of the helmet of salvation is at. To everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. This helmet has strength. Satan cannot penetrate this helmet. He knows it. He knows he has no chance against it. And finally, we're going to talk about our offense, the sword of the Spirit. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's our sword tonight. And you know, and Christ is always our example. But what happened in the wilderness when Satan attacked him and tempted him when sin? What did he say over and over? As it is written. As it is written. As it is written. written. We can say tonight, as it is written. Satan, get behind me. He cannot stand in in presence of God's word. And Jesus did that as an example for me and you. Is that this is our offense to him. Amen. And finally, in verse 18, this is our resource. And praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there unto with all perseverance and supplications. For all saints. I like what Brother Kerry said tonight. We're to pray for one another. We're to pray that God put a hedge about each other. Yes. Pray for this defense against Satan and his attack. That's what he's talking about. Pray. This is our resource, is prayer. Prayer really, I, I feel like prayer really could even not it's really our offense too. It's like a sword. There's power in prayer. I believe that tonight. Amen. Amen. There's power in prayer. I want I want us to realize tonight, and I think what the Lord wanted me to send tonight is quit for battle. Be in the fight. Don't be idle. He wants each of us to be in the fight. This is a time for us not to lay down. We look and see what COVID did and what's going on in our world today. It's time for us Christians to stand and fight. Amen. Satan has really put a blow through COVID to our churches. I mean, you look around. A lot of the churches down this valley barely have their doors open. I thank God for our church and what he's doing here. I mean, it's amazing what God has been doing here at Vickers. And he can do that everywhere. But as Christians, we must understand that we're in this battle. It's not time to lay down. It's not time to lay down my sword. It's time to pick it up. This is the truth. This is that girdle of truth to be the center of my life. It's time to cinch it up. Cinch it up tight. Amen. Amen. And I want to say, maybe somebody's here tonight and and you don't even have, and you don't even, you're not even equipped for the battle. Maybe Satan's got you bound up and blind behind his enemy lines. I would ask you tonight to come and equip for battle. Come and get equipped for battle. The Lord said, you know I. I like it in signs that had Uncle Sam that says, I want you. That's what the Lord said tonight. I want you. Amen. He wished that none will perish in this battle. He's done fought the fight. He's done won the victory. Yeah. Yeah. And he's equipped us for battle. Yeah. He wants you tonight. He wants you on the winning side. Amen. Sister Chris comes and play and i ask Brother Gary to